Hello, hello everyone. Uh, Today is February 28th, almost the last day of February. And this is podcast something something. I don't know where we are anymore. But (laughs) today I thought it'd be a great topic to talk about webcomics. By the way, this is Creative Outline. If you're looking for new art outlets or things to look into, different creativities, this is where you come to. So thanks for tuning in and let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, to start off the podcast, things got a little buggy for some reason. The first recording that I had here got erased, Um, but I was talking about propaganda and um, pretty much different storytelling that's really important because it continues throughout history, but it deleted. Um, I talked about propaganda within Journey to the West, which is a old Chinese book about the journey to the West, literally the journey to India to find Buddhist scripture. It was propaganda to get people interested in Buddhism. Um, It's also seen in American filmmaking, such as Daffy Duck. There was a lot of like Holocaust propaganda, not promoting it, but going against it as well as going against the Japanese. So I don't know if it was taken out because it was inappropriate or just because it accidentally got deleted, but sorry about that. So we'll go ahead and get into the next segment. Thanks, guys. So moving into the next topic, we're going to talk about anime. Modern anime began in 1956 and found lasting success in 1961. Mushi Productions by Osamu Takuza, sorry if I fucked that up, um, is a leading figure in modern manga. The dense novelistic Japanese comic book style contributed heavily to the aesthetics of anime. So I wanted to go over a couple of things of, of how anime tells stories versus U.S. comics. I grew up off of U.S. comics. Um, of course, because I'm from the U.S., um, and I wasn't really introduced to anything outside of that until I explored it myself in high school. But manga, or, or I guess I'll start with comics, is it's very interesting because it always starts, I find that with Western storytelling, it always kind of starts with the once upon a time, or you, you're you not really like thrown into a world, whereas with anime and manga, you're just thrown straight into a world, like that is a part of the world building. Whereas like with US, and I think it really just depends on what you like, US comics, you start where the character starts, right? And 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 that could be said in manga, but like kind of more, the world is still building around you as you're going with US comics. Whereas in manga, the world is set. Like that's just how the world works. Like you just got to get thrown into it. You got to figure it out. Da, 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 da. You know, and if you guys don't read comics or manga, I highly recommend Um, I know that for some people, anime, they say it can be too loud or too rambunctious, but there's so many different types, so many different genres, um, which I haven't explored. I won't say it doesn't exist in American comics. I just haven't explored it. But in anime, there are so many different types. I mean, you can even take it as, you know, manga, regular uh, action shounen, or kind of your more traditional um, anime, which is like, Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away. You can even go as far as hentai. That's still a different form of manga, of story writing and storytelling. Um, and some of those have parallels, but I find that more so than often, often than not, excuse me, comics in the U.S. are not taken as seriously, except in the recent past. Like so, except in the recent couple years, have I seen it really take a bigger step. Um, I wanted to mention some really cool artists that I find really cool as far as um, manga. 
I don't know his last name, but I know you'll know the name if I say it. And if you don't, I'll leave the link below. But his name's Junji. And Junji is known for making some very, really, like, really, really good um, horror manga, which I thought was unheard of. Of course, it's never unheard of. If you can tell the story and we've all experienced our own horrors, then horror is going to exist in, in any culture. But it was it's very interesting the way he writes. His art style is really, really cool. Um, and he doesn't use a lot of color. Um, and then like some other ones that are really good that still tell a story is like cyberpunk. That one is a prime example of something that's in our current right now. It's, it's still very brand new. It only came out a couple months ago. And it tells a big story of what it feels like to be in this person's shoes, which people can relate to. A lot of people in the working class, even in America or wherever around the world, can relate to. Um, I find these things to be really interesting. As far as some U.S. comics that I really enjoy, it's like um, Teton Titans, um, some other ones. I, I'll mention those in the web comics more so. And then we'll also get into one thing that I really want to talk about, which is story building, which will give you reference to what you're looking for if you're into the kind of comics I'm into, or more so the kind of animes I'm into since we're on this topic. Um, so we'll start with Inuyasha. So a little while ago, I was given an opportunity to write an essay um, instead of giving an application or a resume uh, for a job. So I wrote an essay and it was supposed to be a one page essay, excuse me, <laughs> one page essay about whatever I wanted. And I pushed it a little past one page, but it's still really good in my eyes. So we're going to be going over Inuyasha and Sasahamaru. Um, so it's two siblings who in the beginning hardly seem to be acquainted. Inuyasha is hot-tempered and bratty, and his older brother, Sesahamaru, is calm, collected, and has a sense of entitlement and superiority over Inuyasha. He is far older, more skilled, and calculated than Inuyasha is. Even though this sounds common in a family dynamic, one thing that stands out in their bro brotherly connection is the matter of race. Sesahamaru is fully immortal and grew up with two full demon parents. Inuyasha had a human mother, making him a half-demon, and therefore Sesahamaru sees Inuyasha as a weaker, bastard child. Sesahamaru is disgusted by his younger half-sibling. Inuyasha, however, doesn't struggle for his brother's affection, which I find interesting. As Inuyasha's only standing family, I would think he would want to be close to his brother, or at least want it in secret. That is, unless he was protecting or hiding something from him. So this goes to this really cool arc that they made. And it's like such a small detail that you wouldn't think that it's that important. But it's the Tess Saiga versus the Ten Saiga. And these are two swords they, that like were given to them by their father. So Inuyasha and Sesahamaru have a sword. And Inuyasha has the Ten Saiga, which is the Fang of Iron Crushing. It was gifted to him. And it's kind of the blade of death. It's the blade of destruction. And it matches their personalities because then Sesahamaru, this is really interesting to me. So Tensaiga, the thing of heavenly rebirth. Swords in this universe come <laughs> Swords in this universe come with a certain strength and choice of who wields it. So not any not everybody and anybody can wield these swords. You have to be strong enough and you have to be chosen. But Sesahamaru was given the Tensaiga from his father. Um, which was undoubtedly, which undoubtedly made him upset. As the all-powerful complex screams through this character's lack of remorse and interest in any other life form besides his own, Tensaiga's power lies in bringing things back to life. 
It is the sword of rebirth, not death. In my eyes, the sword was given to the correct son because of Sesahamaru's nature. He can be ruthless. He thinks less of people because he knows he's stronger and has no fear when it comes to any threat in this world. However, he's silent and follows the laws of nature. Uh, picking and choosing his battle, he teaches Inuyasha how to wield Tesaiga, even if he wants it for his own. There's a huge part of Sesahamaru that isn't violent. There's a huge part of him that seeks peace and wants to protect others. So with that in mind, the conflict is that Sesahamaru wants the Tesaiga. He wants Inuyasha's blade because he knows he can wield it better. And he feels that Inuyasha is just unequipped. He's just annoying. He's annoying little brother that doesn't know what he's doing. And so he gets really annoyed. And it also goes against his god complex because if he, if he is the god that he says he is. Oh, I have it written right here. So the flaw in Sesahamaru's godplex is the Tesaiga. If Sesahamaru is as powerful as he thinks he is, then why didn't his father give him the sword that he thought he deserved? If Inuyasha didn't have Sesahamaru as a competitor, would he be as powerful as he turned out to be? And they said, they don't want to be like each other. They want to be better than one another. The dynamic is a constant power struggle, a beautiful love and hate relationship of competition and compassion. This is what builds good characters, complexity. Because within that, even though he wants it for his own, even though like even though Sesahamaru wants this sword, he teaches Inuyasha how to wield it. And he does it in such a strategic, really cool way where he's like, I'm going to battle you and I'm going to fuck you up. And, Inu and Inuyasha gets all pissed about it. And he's like, no, you won't. I'm going to fuck you up. But Inuyasha doesn't realize that Sesahamaru doesn't ever give a critical blow to him. He's just teaching him how to use it. He teaches him how to do the wind scar by like showing it off to him. So then he learns how to do the wind scar. And later that teaches him how to do the backlash wave in one of his own battles. It's it's very interesting how they play out what's going on. And even though they have differences and they don't like each other, the idea that um, Sesahamaru doesn't really want to hurt him is so interesting to me. I think it's so interesting. I might have just been blabbing, but thanks for following. Okay, so as far as webcomics go, that's what we're going to start here. Um, so we're going to go over some of the apps that I use. I know there's a lot of resources out there, so I would research what you really like because there's some webcomics that are still structured like books, if you're into that. There are some that are more so like scrolling feed, um, which is kind of where I'm at right now, just because it's typically more handy uh, than going to the library or carrying around my computer with me all the time. But the ones that I'm using right now are Pocket Comics, Manta, and Webtoons. Pocket Comics is not necessarily my favorite. I haven't really tried it out to its like full degree, but the problem with me is the money aspect because it is this like pay for every episode, which is like, okay, yeah, you know, like I understand that because you would pay for a comic book, you know, and whatever, it's the natural order. But I kind of like the way Manta and Webtoons do it better. Webtoons is your basic, like, general go for it. It's the most free one that you can get, um, which I recommend to all people. But with Webtoons, sometimes they'll give you, like, all the episodes they have out, and then they'll want you to pay for the episode that's, like, an exclusive. And that means it'll eventually come out, so you just have to wait for it, or you can pay for it now and read the comic. So it just depends on what you want. Whereas with Manta, that one is a $4.99 
um, contribution every month or subscription. And this is more like adult storytelling. So that's why it costs money. Um, there's a lot of romance, um, a lot of BL and GL moments in this. And it's honestly more, it has more profanity, more lewd kind of uh, connotations. But it's really good storytelling and I enjoy it a lot. So we'll go ahead and start with webtoons. And I'm going to start with a romance. And it's called The Boy Who Murdered Love which is by Azoira Wolf, and the preface is, Noah Loveless keeps falling in love and gets his heart broken too many times, and he begins to wonder what's wrong with him. When he learns that the culprit for all those broken hearts is his Cupid, the boy decides to invoke invoke this Cupid and kill him. But like everything else in life, it doesn't turn out the way he wants to. Uh, He is now stuck with this insufferable angel and doomed to help people find their soulmates. So I read a little bit of this and I think it's really interesting and funny because he's like, he is falling in love and then he's pissed because he meets his Cupid and he's like, you're going to help me find my soulmate. And that's not the case. He like keeps trying to find his soulmate and then like spontaneously finds their soulmate. And like, (laughs) it's just like a really goofy, funny story. But um, I've read through all that is there right now. They haven't put anything out past um, chapter 11, but it's really interesting. I love the color wave they used. The art style is very like soft. It's still like really structured, but it's like very heart boy themed, very like pinky, purple, mauve colors and um, has a little bit of like, it's just like alternative. Um, but I will leave that link below and then on to the next. Let's see here. Another one that I was reading. Oh, this one's so cute. Okay. This is uh, in the category Slice of Life. And it's called Daybreak. And it's by Musop. Musop? Musop? Um, And the preface is, Marcus has a crush. And Cog is completely unprepared for the hijinks that follows. Hopefully, in the efforts to grow closer, they can brighten each other's day. This one is very Slice of Life. It's very, like, you know, calm, collected, very fun, goofy. But it's about these two guys that are just like, or these two people, I don't want to preface their gender, but it's about these two people that are just like falling in love and like they're in high school and they keep, you know, it's like the awkwardness of like trying to figure out like, is that okay to say? Is this okay to say? It's just like a really cute story. Um, One that I was reading last night and that I got addicted to, this one's a supernatural and it's called Nevermore. It's by Kate Flynn and Kit Trace. And the preface is, there is nothing definitive about life after death, except the involuntary enrollment of the mysterious Nevermore Academy. Now, Eleanor and Annabelle Lee must begin their curriculum to recover their memories from their tragic demise. Between the dean's macrobe and demeanor, um, macrame demeanor (laughs) and the telltale dangers of final exams, both girls must learn to rely on one another and their newly acquired ghost forms, or specters, to not only graduate from the academy, but to learn, uh, to earn a second chance at life. Sorry, that was rocky, but basically, this one's really cute. It's based on the ideas of um, Edgar Allan Poe, so it has a lot of, like, the nevermore, uh, and, like, the the crows, uh, you know, the, the ravens, and Annabelle Lee, and Lenore and it's really cool the the storytelling and the art style it's so it's like simple but it's very 
detailed. And like, I love the costumes, very gothic, um, very Victorian era. And it's really good because the two girls, they're like falling in love, but it's like really strategic. Like they have to be careful because it's like based on a score system of how they get out of this place, you know, how they get back to earning another chance in life and like discovering how they died. I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be this big twist that like I'm kind of prepared for because I see it coming, but it's like, oh, gasp. I can't believe she did that. Um, <laughs> so that one's really exciting. Then we have a another one. This is referenced as a horror, but the art style is mind blowing to me. It's called The Revenge or Revenge of the Candy Snatcher. And this is by Sketch Fro. And the preface is when a young witch named Carmel accidentally releases three possessed dolls with a hunger for candy. It's up to her, the citizens of Halloween Town, to stop from releasing mischief magic back upon the world. So I guess from Halloween Town, they're not allowed to bring it back to the normal world. <laughs> but I haven't really dug deep into this one. There's a lot of prologues and they're quite long. So I'm just trying to like get the interest of the information. But lots of really cool colors. The art style is like really in-depth and it's like just a really cool story it looks like so I'm really excited to read that one this one's really cool too it's called the blind prince there are only three full episodes out so I'm just waiting for it to reboot I'm so excited but <laughs> the blind prince is by cozy crow and the summary is Elaine desperately tries to hide the unearthly feathers that riddle her skin all for the sake of love but her curse leaves her rejected and trapped behind the wall deep within the forest, deep within the forbidden forest, with no way home. Her only option is to rely on a prince determined to reclaim his throne and his missing eyes. So again, a lot of that like gothic theme, kind of more like Bridgerton era, so a little farther back, but very beautiful, uh, soft storytelling, very soft art form. Um, I really recommend that one. Then we have, I think I started reading this one. Let me see. Oh, yes. Okay, so this one's called, it's a slice of life category, and it's called Wallflower by Lydia Joy. And the preface is, everyone has always told Sophie that she's a great painter. When she gets accepted into art school, she's ready to prove that she can make a living doing what she loves. But she soon feels lost in the sea of everyone's expressing themselves and over, or, or outshining her. Uh, follow Sophie as she navigates the competitive world of art school, the ups and downs of friendship, the familiar, the unfamiliar territory of romance, and what it really means to be an artist that craves her own path. Which I just thought I was like great preface for the beginning, and then the art style. Excuse me, the art style is very unique because it's very um, uh, minimal in the colors. It uses a lot of like peach pinky orange tones, and that's really all you see. There's some nice capturing of like a light blue or a light green, you know, that kind of palette. And it's really nice. Um, then we have homesick. This one I got addicted to as well. I thought it was really great. I'm waiting for the next episode to come out. Um, but it's called homesick. It's a thriller by Miss Freaky. And the summary is rain woke up with no memories of the apocalypse. Samuel is just a delinquent who happened to find rain on a rooftop. They both end up making a deal to, a deal in order to survive in the world where cannibalistic monsters roam so this one is really good because like 
I love me a good romance inside like an action story. I think it's so good. Like Inuyasha does that. This one does that. Um, which one is the other one? Nevermore does that. Um, and so does the blind prince. I, I really fuck with that. Um, and then some other ones that, oh, this one's really pretty. I don't know if they're coming out with more, but I'm just sensing that the art style became um, overwhelming for them, but it's an action genre. It's called Century Without a Mind. It's so pretty. Um, it's by Alita Renena, Renet, Renata, excuse me. And the summary is, in an attempt to fly free from her imprisonment, Sasuke uh, becomes cursed with no gravity. Now believing the only thing that could ground her is her wish for revenge. She soon joins a heist against the reigning monarchy. So that's basically it. Um, and I only got through, looks like, 17 episodes. And then they had to pause. And I'm sensing because the art style is just crazy. It's so good. It's so beautiful. Um, really good. Another one that was really good and was recommended to me by a friend in high school, because that's when we found Webtoons. Um, thanks, Leah. But <laughs> it's called Bastard. And this one's a thriller by Carnby Kim and Yochan Hong. Hong. Um, and the only preface you have is, there is a serial killer in my house. And I've heard, like, I've seen bits and pieces of my friend reading this, that it's just, like, immaculate. Like, she, she keeps telling me to read it, and it, that it's so good. Um, so I would give that one a try. And I'll link all these down below so you guys can find them. And then the last one I'll go over as far as Webtoons goes is Hooky. So Hooky is a fantasy and is created by Miriam Bonastri-Tur. Sorry if I fucked that up, but the summary is Danny and Dorian have missed the bus for School of Magic. Now they must find someone who teaches them how to be great and good witches, or maybe not. It's so cute. I love the art style. Still this very like witchy, uh, fun, goofy kind of like, like kind of like a paper comic. It, it kind of reminds me of like a newspaper comic, but it's like super cutesy, super outlandish. Like the first chapter is like they find out that their aunt is the evil queen and that she wants Snow White to be taken away. So then they go to the hunter and they like get them ready they like misconstrue misconstrue what their aunt said like she says something like take her out you know <laughs> and so then the kids are like oh take her out like on a date so then they like <laughs> get the get the hunter all prepared and with flowers instead of a gun and you know like they just make it really cute like they make all these things like really sweet Ooh, okay there's one i didn't go over it's so good it was one that i purely got invested in um, in a bout of depression. So that's kind of funny, but <laughs> it's called Eternal Nocturnal and it's a romance and it's by Instant Miso. And the summary is the man of her dreams does exist. Too bad she can't fall asleep. When Eve is visited one, one night by a mysterious apparition, she finds that her chronic insomnia is mysteriously cured. Meanwhile, Day, the dream eater, finds himself unexpectedly and unwillingly drawn to Eve. This can either be a dream come true or their worst nightmare. This one's really good. Like, I enjoyed this so much because there's, like, small little storylines in, like, her waking life. And then there's, like, their romance and, like, why they can't, like, you know, it's like a forbidden love kind of thing. It's, like, just kind of cute. And I just, I love the colors. It's 
it's kind of more realistic than the other ones I've been talking about. Um, I mean, not story-wise, but like art-wise. And then there's this last one. This one I like a lot, and it reminds me of Eter Eternal Nocturnal, but it's different. So it's called Reunion. It's a romance by Steph Fatty. Um, and the summary is, after moving away for a decade, Ray returns to the bustling city on her quest for independence. Things are looking bleak until she bumps into a familiar face, one she didn't think she would ever see again. Feeling a rekindle as secret, oh, feelings rekindle as secret begins to unfold. Ray soon, Ray soon realizes her childhood friend may not be who she believes him to be, and thus, her most cherished relationship is put to the test. Her most cherished relationship is put to the test. So this one's interesting because, like, it's juicy because he's, like, mysterious boy and she's, like, new city girl. And she's, like, what are you doing? And he's, like, shh, not nothing, you know? And it's just really good. Um, and it has some cool, like, once you figure out what's going on, you're, like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so with, with Webtoons, I like this storytelling because it's kind of raw. There's no actual limit to how you can tell this story, which I find really interesting. Um, but now we're going to go to mantra or manta. And as far as webtoons go, that's the same for the art style, because on manta, as we're here right now, you find a lot of a similar art style. And that goes for kind of more realistic or more detailed, which is fine. I, I'm not I'm not mad about it, but it is very interesting. So the ones that I've been reading right now, and I'm sure for my like my um, what are those called? My fellow comic readers, this is a romance and a fantasy on Manta, and it's called Under the Oak Tree. And if you read any type of webcomic, then this, I'm sure, has been put on your Instagram for you to read it. Uh, it had so much, like, targeting sales towards me. <laughs> um, but it's called Love is a Fairy Tale, or is it? Um, sluts, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> sorry. Stuttering Lady Maximum, uh, Maxilium, Max. Oh, Maximilian. Maximilian <laughs> is forced into a marriage with Sir Rafton, but leaves on a campaign after their wedding night. Three years later, his triumphry returns, uh, ready to cherish her. All fairy tales end with a wedding and a happily ever after. The their love began with a wedding. There is no fairy tale. Oh, I butchered that, but it says this is no fairy tale. So there's just like a lot of with this story in general, there's a lot of stuff, like outer stuff getting in the way of their relationship because he immediately has to go like fight some demons or whatever. And she's like, okay. And there's something interiorly like going on with her on the inside where it makes it hard for her to connect with him. But he like tries his best and he's also like really brooding. So it's hard for him to like be emotional, but like them trying to like map that out and figure it out is like kind of really cute. Um, let's see. Then we have, okay, this one is so spicy, okay? This is so spicy. This is my first BL, and, like, I don't know. I I don't think it's that weird. I think it's, like, normal to be open this. But if you guys are not aware of what BL is, it's, like, boy lovers, and then there's GL, which is, like, girl lovers. So it's, like, it's just, like, boy, you know, like, um, why, why am I blinking? Like, boy on boy or girl on girl, you know, like, or, or they on them, you know, like it doesn't, it's, it's queer. Um, so the summary of this is 
Is this an error or love? Sangwoo Cho is just like an emotionless robot who only knows how to follow the rules. So after his teammates got free, oh, so after all of his teammates got a free ride on the group project, he didn't give them all any of the credit. Um, this prevents college senior uh, Jae Young Jang from graduating, which leads Jae Young constantly bothering Sangwoo for revenge. Will Sangwoo be able to debug Jae Wong, a systematic error from his perfect life? So this one is so juicy, dude. Like, <laughs> so this guy is like super, you know, square cut edge, like really into like really smart, really into his studies and is just like not really a social talker. And then this guy, Jae Young, is like this hot, like really hot, like just super artsy boy. And he's just like my type. And I'm like, damn. But <laughs> they like fall in love. And it's like so cute. And it's it's so cute. I'm not going to spill anything because it's so good. But read it. Um, this one's a rom romance comedy. It's called Makrin. This one's so cute. Okay. <laughs> I love this one so much. I will say with Manta, they just kind of make your heart melt. They just kind of make you feel all gushy and like cute inside. But the summary is, can loves transcend all boundaries? The 200 year, the, the true here, the what? The 200 year long peace in Makrin's island tribe is broken with the warlike Giyu hole arrives to demand open borders. What's more, A Young, um, the son of their chiefest, chief, chiefest, falls hopelessly in love with Makrin. Now it's up to her. Will she spurn his affection or marry him for the sake of her people? I know that sounds, that was really rocky, first off, but I know that sounds like rough, but the story is like far cuter than this explains it to be. Um, it's a period piece, alternative history, uh, contract kind of thing. So with this, it's like, yeah, she's like doing it for her people. But then she like starts to recognize that she really likes him. And it's so cute. I look, I, I like it. I think it's so cute. And I hope they just like stay together forever. But anyway, oh my God. Okay, this one is so cute. Okay. <laughs> I keep saying that about all of them, but I, I mean it. So this one's called the Fantastical After School Writing Club. Um, the summary is... Uh, Young is horrified when she finds herself co-teaching an after-school writing class with her college nemesis, um, Yongjin. Little does she realize that the worst is yet to come. They are in a wild ride for, for what they get sucked into a novel written by eight-year-olds, where absurdity becomes reality. So this one's crazy, okay? So the Fantastical After-School Writing Club is, like, so cute. It's very imaginative. <laughs> but it's like basically there's these two rivals they like hate each other from college they start teaching this class together and they tell all the kids to like give a prompt they're like write something you know like write a story and like make it good and and like the teacher the female teacher is like quite aggressive and like doesn't really understand children whereas the man is quite the opposite he understands children and he's very calm and and accepting of the kids flaws and <laughs> then they get sucked into this universe because the kids are texting their stories and they have to play out the story. And it's so good. It's so freaking good. I love it so much. But I will also link that one below. Um, then there's a couple more. Let me see. 
There's a lot that I haven't read, but these are mostly on Manta. It's mostly these, like, you can get some good, like, action stories. I'm just not down for it. You know, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good, but where's, like, you know, the love at? Um, so <laughs> then we have Romance and a Peace Period, and this is called The Tainted Half. So, <clears throat> two brothers, one concubine. Uh, Seola's face was disfigured by her mother who sought to deny the emperor his prize. The most beautiful concubine in the world, now forced to endure the lifetime of abuse. Sola can only pin her hopes on Muwan, the emperor twin brother. But is he really someone she can trust? Okay, this this show is like slay. Okay, like because <laughs> because she I'm I'm pretty far in it. I've finished it until the point where they had come up with a new episode. But trigger warning, it can be like very triggering for like victims of abuse and stuff like that so if you're not interested I totally get it but it's such a juicy story because they just make you hate the emperor they're like this guy's a fucking dirtbag you know and then <laughs> his brother is like I don't know why they're twin brothers but he's hotter and like <laughs> and like they the the concubine like falls in love and you find out like little secrets and juicy things and like you know like it is this question of like, who are you? You know, like this random dude, you may be the twin brother, but who are you? Are you just as evil? And like, I just don't know it, but it's such cute love story. It's honestly like very like, save me, you know, as much of these are. Um, this one's quite different from what I just explained, especially with the art style. It's, it's a little different, um, but this one's called Yu Shang Don't Run Away and it's a romance drama. So Pope, Polar opposites attract. Yu Shang doesn't want to want a friendship, romance, or any social interaction. All she wants is to write horror fiction. That is until her new neighbor, a sports major freshman from her school, begins to chase after her all day long, and her life begins to change drastically. So this is funny because it's more of a comedy. Like it's like silly how they interact with each other because she really doesn't want to interact with anybody. It's not just that it's him. But he's, like, young, you know, so he's, like, very timid and, like, nervous, and he has this weird fear of the dark. But, like, how they, like, meet in the middle is really cute. Um, and then we have this other one that I just started reading, and I just find it interesting. I'm only two chapters in, but it's really good. It's called Battle Idol, or Bad Idol, right? Uh, and it's a drama and entertainment business. And summary is... Um, Ascend from delinquent to diva. Three bad girls go to the talent show by mistake, yet are chosen by well-known agents. Um, being forced to participate in an idol-making program, how will they end up? Uh, with so many weird characters together, what will happen to them? So that one's really interesting. It's like an American Idol deal, but it's like super cute and funny because they're like not really talented, <laughs> but they still get like well-known. Um, which I think is interesting. But lastly, we're going to go down to, um, what is it called? Pocket Comics and see what I've been reading. So let's see. Okay, honestly, I haven't dove deep into any of these. Um, oh, wait, I did dive deep into one of these. So this one's Modern Romance, and this is a GL, so it's a girl love romance. There's no premise for it so I'll just give you my best premise that I have for it basically 
these two girls that knew each other way back in the day, um, one of the girls sees her, the other girl on a magazine and she's like, oh my God, she's like famous, like she did it. And then she almost gets hit by a fucking car and it turns out to be this girl's car. So it's like, oh, oh my God, you know, like scandalous. And so <laughs> it's just very interesting. Um, but with all these, the ones that I just mentioned on each app are scroll throughs. They're very beautiful, very well worth your time if you like reading comics. And I just highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say. Those are my recommendations. Thank you for listening to me rant about this. Um, and let me know if you guys want to hear more about writing or animation or storytelling. I'm into all of that, like, like neck deep. So <laughs> just let me know. But thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys if you made it to the end. I will leave all the links below for everything I talked about so you guys can just go ahead and reach it that way. Make sure to look up um, in my link tree where to get all my, you know, my stuff if you guys want to see more content. Um, and thank you guys so much again. Bye-bye.